It's Radiothon time again at 3CR. This year marks 40 years of Radical Radio at 3CR and we're asking you to keep us on air for another 40 years by donating your money to 3CR's Radical Radiothon. June the 6th to the 19th, call us on 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. Enjoy your podcast. Good morning, everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7.30. And, of course, that's time for the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy. First up, we have to welcome back Evan Golke from Oka Landscapes. Morning, Evan. Good morning. How are you? Well. That's good. What a foggy morning to drive in with. An amazingly foggy morning. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> no, I know. All the way. It didn't even lift when I got to the freeway. No, it was so humid at home, too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we had an easterly all day yesterday, so it just sort of drifted in, drifted in, drifted in all day. Um, we've had so much rain the last couple of weeks. I haven't emptied the gauge, but we must have had 70 mil, I would have thought. Wow. In the last couple of weeks. It's just been fantastic. Yep. Really good. Brilliant. Mm. We also have to say good morning to Craig Wilson from Gentiana Nurseries. Morning, Hi, Craig. Good morning, listeners. Well, there was no fog in the hills this morning. I, did, I didn't get it till I hit the freeway. So <laughs> Down in the lowlands. That's right. We had a very clear run. Yeah, it seems to work that way. Either we get it and you don't or vice versa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And have you had much rain? Oh, buckets of rain. Yep. Just in the nick of time. Yep. As usual. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah it was no, it's really, been it was, good. So I was sort of starting to think I might have to water my stock. Right. Yeah, and down it came. Yep. Yeah. But it's I been didn't a think very... We're... Meant Very, to get it till Sunday, and, and mm. it just started. That's right. Friday night, all yeah, night. Yeah, Friday night. Yes. All day yesterday. Yes. Yeah, terrific. Yeah. Could yeah. have happened on a Tuesday, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I suppose weekend selling days for you, are they? Well, it wipes out the weekend for me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and that's your main that's uh, right. retail time. But anyway, that's... Mm. Never mind. That's the weather, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. At least you're not watering. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. my tank's full. Yes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Not that I need the tank right now, but yeah. no, it happens so quickly, doesn't it? Oh. Filling tanks. I've, I really think we need another one. We've we've got um, uh, two. We've got forty five thousand liters, but I really think we need one more because this year I ran out. 
you know, for the first time. Yep. Um, admittedly, I had um, done a little bit of work around the place, so I had to replant some kaikuyu lawn. Right. You know, by sprigs, you know, just sticking yes. it in the ground. Um, so I watered that quite a bit. But um, it's annoying when you run out. No. <laughs> the tank specifically for the garden, is it? Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. for the yeah. garden. Yeah, I don't see the point in running it into the toilets and that sort of thing personally. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a lot of uh, using pumps regularly mm-hmm. and using electricity just to run your toilets. Yeah. Whereas uh, for the garden, well, I don't mind you know running it now and then, and mm. you can run it at night. Yeah. So the power's cheaper as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, pumps are always a drama, aren't they? Oh yeah, and they use a lot of electricity. <laughs> yeah. They use a heap. In fact, we've got we've got uh, solar panels. Mm. So we've got and and I was watering that lawn during the the. Um, uh, the day, just because that was when I was watching it, and uh, it's amazing. We we normally come in at a profit for this last quarter for the, with the solar panels, and we came in at a loss. We, you know, really, we're about, we're about thirty bucks down. That's purely from the water pump. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's it's how much they use. I didn't yeah. realise they were that hungry. <clears throat> oh, they are. Yeah. Any yeah. pump, you know, pumps on fridges and freezers. Yeah. Mm. All those sorts of things. Like if you have solar panels, you certainly you go away on a holiday. Stick your frozen stuff either into the top of the fridge freezer or and shut off the freezer or yes. give it to a neighbour because you know? mm. <laughs> it makes a massive difference. Okay, huge, wow. huge. You know, maybe twenty percent difference. Yep, yep. Mm. I've um, I've only got the one. Well, it's a big tank, but it's purely for my veggie garden, and that ran out just before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. You know? I've got to get one. <laughs> like you, I keep feeling oh, I should have another one yeah. just to get me through the whole growing season of yeah. summer. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Like like yours, mine filled up last week or, or mm. even a little bit before that. And you just think, well, what, what was the point of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't need it now. Yeah. You just need such a massive area. That's right. A, a massive volume. Yeah. It's amazing. I don't think most people realise how much water you actually use until you're actually just pumping it out of a tank. Mm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden realised. Like, there was a school we used to have a lot to do with uh, and uh, they had a million litre underground tank uh, purely for watering the sports ovals. But their sports ovals took 70,000 litres per cycle of irrigation. Right. Goodness me. So that's 12 waterings. Yeah. yeah. At best. Yes. So it just shows... You know, the extraordinary amount of water that gets pumped onto, well, sports ovals, yes. for example, mm. but, you know, just in your gardens and so on as well. Mm. I don't think you really notice it. No. Wow. Mm. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble is we all want our gardens. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's all good. It's oh, all it's, good. But well, it's, but it's keeping the, you know, keeping <clears throat> our cities um, cooler. I mean, oh, we yeah. need to do it. We, yeah. We need to green up the whole city, but, yeah, no, we've got to be conscious of the water. It's super important, yep. absolutely. But it's just that when people put tanks in, you know, and, and councillors will stipulate that, you know, people have to put a tank in in a development to get an extra main, a star rating and so on, and, and they'll be happy with a 2,000-litre tank. Mm. Well, a 2,000-litre tank is a drop it's in the ocean. It's a couple nowhere. of buckets, yes. and I just yeah. don't think that's really recognised. Yes. Hmm. <sighs> What are schools like when, when you go into – because you do a lot of work with mm. school gardens. Yeah. Um, is that one of the first things you do? We must get some tanks in. Um, most of the tanks and so on get in, get put in for dual purposes. So they'll, they'll be put in for irrigation use, but they'll also be put in for detention um, or, or and retention of water so yep. that uh, – so you may have underground tanks – 
mo- most times when there's a new development, they have to retain a certain amount of water um, so it doesn't go into the stormwater quickly. So, so usually the idea is if you get in early, you can sort of convince the civil guys to put in bigger tanks right. and have them drain at the halfway mark or so on or yep. whatever the amount of water is that needs to be retained. Yep. And then the rest of it can be used for irrigation. But, yeah, water tanks are really important. Certainly all new buildings these days and new schools and so on get very big tanks put in so all the internal working, all the toilets and all of that sort of thing are totally on um, mm. totally on tanks. But most new schools um, don't, you know, the gardens are planted without irrigation pretty much. Yep. Yeah, most of them are. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay depending on when they get built. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So often, you know, they'll be built uh, getting ready for first term. So they're going in over Christmas and January and, and so on. And into their hottest Whoa. part. So, and they've got yeah. to get established. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so well, it's, uh, and the contractors obviously have uh, a requirement to look after the plants. So, But it's a big job for them, you know, keeping water up to, oh, yes. to you know, a whole school of trees or, yeah, or whatever yes, it might exactly. be. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's just part of the deal, though. <laughs> and most things will do quite well if you get you get them through that first summer. Most things will then do quite be right. well. Yeah. yeah, I've just done a design for a special school down in Sale where okay where um, uh, there is one there is another special school about and uh, that that garden was really destroyed in the first three years and uh, and it was just probably the type of plants and the size of the plants that went in so. So instead of so the idea here I've done is planted thousands of tubes, thousands and thousands of mostly indigenous tubes. So hopefully, if fifty um, percent survive and do well, it'll look awesome. Mm. If eighty percent survive, well, they'll be cutting stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. But that's I think. fine. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's okay. Better to have that problem than the other way. Yeah, because what happens, particularly in public schools and so on, is if a plant dies, it'll never be replaced. No, it just will never be replaced yeah. because it gets harder and harder. Because if a plant dies, it's usually because there's a lot of activity in that area, and so there's massive compaction, um, and so it's, it's you'd never even imagine putting another plant back in that spot. Mm. But if you've got too many plants. Yeah, people are pretty keen to cut stuff down. Mm. That's okay. It's easy done. Yep. Um, but to actually plant something and look after it for the first season, fence it off and all of that, that's a big deal. Yep. And just never does happen. Yep. And mm. of course they've 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 had their budget for doing the garden, that's for getting right. it established, and then that doesn't figure in any future budgets. So No, that's right. And and maintenance budgets uh, particular uh, particularly on public schools can be very small yep. if mm. not zero. Yep. So um, if it doesn't survive in that first uh, first time, then it's stuffed. That's it. Yeah, mm. that's it. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of a shame, but you just got to get it right. That's right. You got to get it get right, it right first the first time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, it's all in the planning, Evan. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to get to a few community announcements. Um, of course, because we're coming into, uh, well, we are officially in winter. Um, there's, there's less on at the moment. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of our, uh, various organisations even take a winter recess and I can't blame them at the moment on this foggy morning. But anyway, uh, Villa Alba is open again today. It's always open the first Sunday in the month. Uh, it's at 44 Walmer Street in Kew. Melway's reference there is 44H6. It's both the historic house and the RJ Hamer Heritage Garden. Opening at 1 o'clock this afternoon, running through till 4 o'clock. 
Admission is $10, a concession of $8, and children are free. Afternoon tea is available with a $3 donation. Now, uh, coming up uh, next weekend, uh, because uh, the Rose Society of Victoria are running right through winter pruning demonstrations each weekend at uh, various uh, locations right around uh, Melbourne. So coming up next weekend, next Saturday and next Sunday, they'll be out at Pinewood Nursery, which is at 478 Blackburn Road in Glen Waverley, 11 o'clock and 1.30 on both days for those pruning demonstrations. Uh, now, the next uh, Discovery Walk down at Geelong Botanic Gardens uh, will be taking place Sunday the 12th of June, which of course is next Sunday. This is uh, at 2 o'clock. Uh, for a gold coin donation. And this is discovering the wonderful ways in which plants ensure their survival. Uh, So they're exploring how our ancient species have survived to modern times and the adaptations of seeds to wind, water, insects and animals, including us. Now, you meet the volunteer guide at the front gates, so that's, as I say, next Sunday at 2 o'clock down at Geelong Botanic Gardens. Now, also coming up shortly, this is for Thursday the 16th of June, Encouraging Women in Horticulture is presenting uh, Get Down and Dirty. Um, Now, this is a professional garden maintenance forum. As I said, it's taking place on Thursday the 16th of June. Guest speakers are Jane Denethorne, uh, Marit Postema and Michelle Ferrugia. The facilitator is Ros McCulley. Uh, now, it's taking place down at, where am I, if I can find it? It's at Zest Restaurant in Holmes Gled Institute, which is at 585 Waverley Road in Glen Waverley. Uh, 6 o'clock for pre-dinner drinks, 6.30 for a three-course dinner and the forum commences. Then there'll be a Q&A panel session uh, with the guest speakers. <clears throat> As I said, that's at Zest Restaurant down in Holmes Glen Institute. Uh Cost, members of Encouraging Women in Horticulture is $50, non-members $55. Payment uh, is required with the booking. Uh, You can uh, book uh, via the the website, which is if you just type in uh, Encouraging Women in Horticulture, it will all come up. You do need, however, to RSVP by tomorrow. So uh, if you'd like to uh, phone, uh, you can maybe give um, Josephine a phone call. Um, she might be able to help you to get a bit more information about it. And her number is 0425 Just uh, seeing if we've got anything else here. Uh, this one is not coming up until the 19th of June, but I will mention this now. This is the uh, two talks that are being given down with the Friends of Royal Botanic Gardens Cranbourne, and the talks are on urban gardens. Uh, now, it's taking place, as I said, Sunday 19th of June, one thirty till 4. The location is the auditorium at uh, RBG Cranbourne. Uh, now, cost is $20 for members of the Friends Group, $25 for non-members, students $10, and the two speakers, uh, firstly, Professor Leslie Head. She's talking about nature and culture in suburban backyards, 
and uh, then Associate Professor uh, Hari Pryor Rangan, who's talking about colonial urban aesthetics and the global cottage garden industry. So uh, those talks, again, coming up Sunday the 19th of June, um, one thirty till 4 o'clock, down in the auditorium at Cranbourne Botanic Gardens. Now, <clears throat> if you'd like more information or to organise a booking form, because you do need to book, um, particularly for catering as afternoon tea and refreshments will be served, you can phone Christine Kenyon and her number is 9589 2154. That's 95892154. Okay, well, it's high time we invited our listeners to join us this morning. If you have a gardening question, we'd love to hear from you. We have uh, Evan Golke in from Oka Landscapes and also Craig Wilson from Gentiana Nursery. So do give us a call. That number is 94190155. That's 9419. Zero one double five. Evan, let's start off with a couple of the uh, plants you've brought in this morning. Okay. Well, um, I went out last night in candlelight trying to find. <laughs> what happened to the torch? <laughs> well, I couldn't find a torch because Sonia was packing the camper to go away. You know, <laughs> in a couple of weeks' time, no torches anywhere. Well, not one that would function. So I'm out there with the wee little Willy Winky. You know, in the drizzle, <laughs> wasn't very successful. At any rate. What what I did discover um, was uh, our raspberries. Now we have two types of raspberries. We have the ones that uh, fruit when everyone when they're in the shops. Yes. In uh, November, December, which are absolutely magnificent yep. and you know, really fruit from heaven. They are the best. I think it's I think it's the best fruit you can grow because yep. they're dead easy to grow. You can't kill them, well, unless you dry, let them dry out. Um, and uh, and they, they're abundant with their fruit. And, and I find that we don't even really net ours. Well, I don't net them anymore. I don't net mine either. No, because really, the birds don't get them. Well, they're very flippy floppy. So the birds have a lot of trouble get sitting on them. So I have our spring raspberries outside my office window, more or less. So I can just see them. And the blackbirds are getting smarter. Mm. So they get all, of, all anything at the bottom. They, there's a few that jump up right. from the ground and they'll get up about, I don't know, 400 mil and they'll get, get some from there. But apart from that, everything else is okay. And they're kind of hard to net. What about parrots? Well, again, it's, they're too heavy, the parrots. Okay. So it's like with the tomatoes. You've got to put a little spike on the top of your tomato steak. Yeah. So they can't land on the stake. <laughs> I don't know about you. But they they land on the on the top of the stake and then they walk Crawl down around. the stake. Yeah. You know, and we we have they're not the, stupid. No, yeah. we have the crimson rosellas that do that. Yeah, and then they get on the tomato plant and bust it. And, yeah, yeah, but that's kind of cool. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I don't mind that. Yeah. I, I let them eat them. Yeah, um, but at any rate, uh, so the autumn the, the spring raspberries are really easy. Um, you just uh, each each year after they fruited or or in the winter you just cut out all the canes that have been that have fruited last year, cut them uh, to the ground. But you leave all the other ones mm. and just strap them up on a on a. I I just have a bit of string between stakes about um, eight hundred mil off the ground, a meter off the ground, and uh, just tie and bundle them all up there, and then they all shoot off from there and obviously do their thing and and fruit. The other type is the autumn fruiting type. And this has been a bit of a revelation to me because I've I'd never had them. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, this last winter gone, we planted our first lot. And I brought one in here today. It's still got a fruit on it. Mm. So, And you can see how many fruit that stem has had. Yep. It must have had 20 fruit just on that one stem. And they come really progressively. So you don't get a massive influx of fruit. Um, you get them progressively, as, as you do with the spring ones as well. Yeah. But it just seems like these are even more sort of progressive and sort of spaced out over a really long period mm. of time. So we've had them for a couple of months, the fruit coming on. Mm. Um, the difference with these ones, with the specifically autumn fruiting ones, is you cut them all to the ground, which is a really easy job, mm. as opposed to going through and cutting off the... So all the fruit's produced on new canes. All on brand new canes. Yep. And and the other good thing about that, I've actually planted garlic next to next to the uh, autumn flowering ones because I figure the the garlic is up now, and the canes will go down shortly, and the canes won't be big enough to be crowding out the garlic by the time the garlic comes out. So it's sort of relatively space efficient as mm-hmm. well. But they're quite spiky, the stems on on raspberries. So that's why it makes it really easy pruning these ones because you do just take them all to the ground and gather yep. them up and take them away. Whereas rummaging through, I don't know how neatly your uh, raspberries are, <laughs> Pam, but <laughs> mine tend to sort of go everywhere and you've got to sort of elbow your way through yep. and it can be a bit of a job. Yeah. Yep. Well, well, I'm going to take it one step further because, mm. because mine actually give me a second crop in autumn. It's not yep. quite as prolific as, mm. the, as the spring-summer crop, mm. um, but the same canes give me a second flush of fruit. And that's every year? <clears throat> every year. Mm. Really? So I actually, I actually only cut out the dead canes yes. at the end in, yep. in wintertime. Yep. Um, and the rest I simply take down a certain height just to keep mm-hmm. them manageable. I rip out because, as you know, they, they walk and they're thugs. <laughs> and they, yeah, they are. They try to double their, their um, you their know, their area. population within, yep. yes. So I, I rip out anything so that I can contain them into the mm. same area. Mm. But as I say, I, I don't cut any of mine to the ground apart from taking out the dead canes and mm. I take them out completely. Mm. And the rest I just lower them. And, in fact, if you look at them... Um, It'll tell you. It'll show where it's trying to reshoot. Come again, yes. And I'll just take it to there. But mm. So I I leave them a couple of feet high. This is through the winter? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and they've, been, they've been incredibly successful. Mm. I get massive crops of them. Mm. And again, I find that, um, well, even the parrots, um, they tend to not discover them until no. autumn time. Strange, isn't they, it? They sort of haven't worked out that there's this wonderful yeah. fruit there during yeah. spring, summer, and I get mm-hmm. I get no problems at all. And then mm. finally, when they're dwindling to a halt in, mm. in autumn, you know, the birds snatch yeah. a few, and that's fine that's by right. me. That's right. You can see there's one here that's yeah, been, yeah, yeah. been taken, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've still got the odd fruit still hanging on on a couple of them too. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's so good, isn't yeah. it? I think it's just it's a fruit that not many people think to grow. That's right. But it's just so damn easy. And it's easy to get at them off people too. At this time of year, mm. you can just dig up mm. runners yep. from, from anybody that you know take them home, put them in the ground. Mm. That's how I've gotten mine. Mm. So I actually don't even know what the varieties are that I have. They're just ones that I've I don't I've know with mine either. I, I, I was given one cane, yes. which um, was in a pot because it had been found behind someone's shed and mm. it was virtually on death's door. Mm. And, you know, a bit of TLC and mm. I've, my whole crop has come from that. And, mm. and every winter 
um, you know, because I'm trying to keep them contained, um, I dig up a few and give the canes away. And, yeah. and they just go strong. They're yeah. wonderful. Do you feed them much? Um, I really feed winter. I prepare the soil really well and then I don't bother to feed again. So, mm. yes, every every winter I massively feed my veggie garden, the whole lot. With, yeah. with what? Um, lots of cow manure, you know, or chook manure, any mm-hmm. any sort of manures, um, a little bit of blood and bone, um, occasionally a little bit of trace elements, mm. um, but that's it. All that sort of long-lasting stuff. All that mm. long-lasting mm. stuff and then really heavily mulch with sugarcane mulch or yeah. pea straw. And yeah. dolomite? And, or? No, I've no? never never <clears throat> used dolomite and okay. never felt the need to. Mm. So, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the other great thing about about these sort of raspberries is for school veggie patches, that they're terrific for schools because they're they're fruiting when the kids are there. Yes. Whereas the the uh, spring ones, they they just they're just coming into fruiting and they, all the kids are gone. Mm. Yep. Yep. So um, this is the perfect perfect plant for in a vegetable garden for a school. And you can plant them in lawn. I've seen that done before in a private oh, garden, really? which I thought was a really clever idea. The lady had little trellises made, you know, with uh, poles at each end and, and a single wire through. But then she just manicured an area that was about 400 mil wide. Right. And the length of the, the wire. And the rest of it was lawn. And I, you know, and I thought, why do you do that? And she said, well, it's just really easy to get rid of the suckers. You just mow them just off. mow them, yeah. <laughs> so, and I thought, well, and that's that quite sense. clever. So yeah. they just come up in that patch. Okay. And uh, and then you mow off the rest of mm-hmm. them, which makes it easy. I was looking at mine this weekend. I th- think I'm actually going to put a root barrier down because yep. I want to keep them as a kind of loose hedge in this new sp- new area. And so I think I'll put a root barrier down. Just and it'll be interesting to see how deep it needs to be. So I might put it in at varying length, uh, varying heights. They don't run very deep. Do I they? wouldn't have thought no, they do. They no. seem to be very shallow because when you right. pull them out, it, they're it, easy. But to it pull might be out, different yeah. if they hit it. It might be different though if they hit something. Mm. They might sort of. Head down, I don't know, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I imagine it probably only needs to go down two hundred mil or something, yeah. or something mm. like that. Mm. Um, but that keeps them really nicely contained, which means you keep sort of more rows. Yes, which my other patch isn't. It's just like a shamozzle. Yes, yeah. <laughs> mine's definitely a shamozzle. <laughs> <laughs> Canes coming up left, right, yeah. and centre. But you know, and it's great for kids. You know, because. Uh, Kids will be drawn to them. You know, some people have trouble getting kids to eat fruit and vegetables and that sort of thing. Well, this is the ultimate plant because I don't think there's any kids that really don't like raspberries. There wouldn't be many. And to go out and, you know, could you go out and get to get a few raspberries? Well, they come back in with their, you know, red around red their mouth and, and about three in the bowl that you've given them. <laughs> so that sort of thing is just yeah, great. Yeah, no, kids really love them and they mm. love to be able to go and pick them. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. excellent. yeah. So, um, and they don't seem to really get any pests or diseases. I don't know. Maybe they might get a bit of rust or something like that. But um, And again, they, they don't need they, much water. No, they don't need much water. They tolerate a bit of competition as well. Mm. Um, obviously, the better you look after them, the bigger and oh, the more fruit sure. you get. for sure. But they will do it in, in the most amazing spots. Yep. Mm. So, no. yeah, great plant, uh, raspberries. Definitely. Yeah, we should have more of them. I think and of all the berries, it's the, it's the best one. 
Yep. Oh, no, totally agree. Oh, well, blueberries I love. Yes, that's Sorry. Right. That's where it's coming from. <laughs> that's where <laughs> the eyebrows are. Yeah, yeah, no, blueberries are fantastic. Yeah, do you, do probably you grow? a little bit more difficult to grow. Look, there's a place I work where they've got three acres of them. Oh, oh right. <laughs> yeah. and, and really, they're the most amazing plant. They just require absolutely no chemical attention at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're completely organic. Yep. No, no fertilizers, nothing. <clears throat> yep. Mm. Yeah. How do they grow them? Do they grow them so they, they sort of espalier them or do they just uh, let them go no, into they, bushes? No, they're pruned every year. You just go through each year and take out the old canes. Yes. Yeah, bring so, them down a bit. So how big do they They, they sort of... Two metres. Yeah. Yeah, two metres. I would imagine in the suburbs they'd require a bit of water because they're acacious. You know, they've got that fibrous root system. Mm. Yeah. And they like it, acidic soil, don't they? They like it. They like it, yes. That's their acacious as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But so a bit of azalea food, I tend to give mine. I start eating them in December and finish probably March, April. Okay. Really? Yeah, Are they different varieties? Yeah, or? absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And all older varieties. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I've only the, got the, the, one. The late season ones are the best. The, the mar- March where they've had the sun on them also. Oh, they're fantastic. Build up the sugar. Right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. yeah so, Good experience we had with blueberries was uh, in Alaska. You know, yes. these yeah. tiny little stunted plants That's right. up, up around Denali National Park, up on the up on the hills. And we were there in uh, late autumn, and there were still little fruits. And uh, that, and, and the, obviously, all the bears and everything had headed down because um, uh, it was getting too cold. But, uh, oh, they were just divine. Yeah. And they were tiny, these plants. Yeah. They, they would have been, you know, five centimetres tall at best and just spreading amongst the heath or whatever you want. Okay. Yeah, just magnificent. But right. they have to be netted, well, certainly in the hills. I mean, the, the parrots mm. love them, but also the corvids, you know, all the carawongs and the magpies and crows <laughs> and things just come in crowds of them. Do they? Yeah. So, so they have to be netted. They have a, a just a big netted area Huge. rather than yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to whole, net a whole, bush. The, no, the whole place is netted. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And how do they net that? Do they net that with a sort of a, a big, wire big, or big poles and um, bird netting? Yep. Just that yeah. sort of uh, material type right. bird netting. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice and easy to yeah. to put up and That's lightweight. Right. And it has to be repaired. Yes. The, the birds, especially the corvids, they're pretty smart. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have that over the top of one of my areas and. Uh, Anywhere where a bird can sit, well, I think it's a, I think it's blackbirds. They actually eat through it, like they they bust it and then yeah. they make a little hole and they go through. The blackbirds do. Gee, they're yeah. cunning. No, they're, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a nightmare. Never, never <laughs> underestimate the intelligence of birds. No, no. exactly. No. No. You got to avoid. And I think a lot of the blueberry places they just have wires, don't they? That supports the. That's right. So there's not a really good place to sit. Yeah. I think that's where I've made the mistake. I, I use sort of oh, timber around. A perch I provided a perch <laughs> where they can sit and they can gnaw away. And yeah. they, they clearly get through it pretty quick because yeah. they do it each year. Yeah. yeah. So each year around about uh, end of January, I start seeing blackbirds in there, yeah. <laughs> little buggers, and they're flying around, chucking all my stuff everywhere. Do you know, I was listening to um, this morning on, on uh, Radio National um, I was listening to Tim Entwistle. Oh, I heard that too. Did you hear yeah. that? Did you hear about what the birds are doing? They're, no. they're doing a survey. Um, they're finding that um, birds are carrying um, smouldering twigs oh. when there's a bushfire oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're actually dropping them yeah. and lighting other bushfires. And really? do you know why? Because, because all your critters 
run to escape the fire. Mm. So all mm. your, you know, all your your lizards and your yeah. rabbits and your snakes all run to mm. escape the fire, Isn't... and the birds are coming in and knocking off all the creatures. Specifically, <laughs> the birds of prey. Birds of prey. That's right. So yeah. they're actually carrying smouldering yeah. twigs and dropping them. So they're trying to do a survey and get people, if they ever see a bird carrying a smouldering twig. Mm. To actually take a photo, they're trying to map it and to see just how widespread this is as a phenomenon. Yeah, it, this is in what central Australia in the in the north and so on up in the Kimberley. Is yeah. It? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That, I mean, that, they actually, I guess, they're replicating that now, aren't they? Because the beauty of that is it provides mosaic burning. That's right. Yeah, which which means that you don't get those massive fires um, which destroy um, so many animals because yeah. they can't get away. Yeah. So and of course it's regenerating the the you know the bush as well. That's mm. right. Yeah, yeah. So the Australian Conservation no, what is it? Uh, Australian Wildlife Conservancy. They have Mornington up in the Kimberley. All oh, right. It's yeah. a it's a wonderful um, it's conservation fenced, park. Uh, don't know that it's fenced, but they've also they also manage several. Um, uh, cattle stations around it and some Aboriginal land around it, and they uh, they fly around in helicopters each year um, and drop little incendiaries, okay. which is exactly yeah. what you're saying. Yes, yeah. except the birds, it's just are, the doing birds are doing it. Yeah. And and the idea is is that um, to try and stop these massive fires, yeah. so they end up with a mosaic of um, of burning, which also gives different food plants uh, take different amounts of time to mature. Yeah. So you get you get also a patchwork of the type of plants that are there um, at, at different maturities. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you get a constant food supply for animals and, yeah. and so on as it's well. Fire stick farming. It's, yeah, I mean the, yes. the, the mega yeah. fires are really a European construct, from my, from my understanding, mm. that, that didn't really happen prior to our arrival. And of course, we've heard how how you know the Koori mm. populations did this automatically as part oh, of their management. Absolutely, yes, and and, and they understood. Um, how regularly different areas needed to be burnt. Mm. Yeah. So we're finally starting to learn, including the birds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. That, yeah, it's yes. unbelievable, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. I, it I was amazed me. when I, I heard. Never it. underestimate the intelligence of birds. No. <laughs> living, there you living go. with them in the hills. I mean, all our mm. birds, none of them are migratory. They're all all permanent residents. So you learn to to learn to know them. Mm. Yeah, and they're smart creatures. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Yep. Yeah. They follow so you they, around, do they? When oh, you've got they your shovel me. out, they know me. They know strangers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dive bomb the strangers. The white cockatoos know that I don't like them. Oh, I love cockies. <laughs> Why don't you like cockies? Uh, you the white ones are an artificial population in the hills that are maintained by people feeding them. Yes. The, the, the black ones are our indigenous cockatoos, the mm. blacks and the gangangs. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Friday, Friday um, you know, we were madly weeding and, and mulching in, in my garden, trying to get it all under control before winter so I could set and forget for a little while. And the magpies, they know instantly. As soon as you turn Mm. the soil at all or you start um, weeding, they're there almost next to you, you know, (laughs) waiting to pick off any any insects or worms or... It's the same with kookaburras. As soon as they see me with the rake, down they come. Yeah, Yeah. it's incredible. (laughs) There he is again, our forager. That's right. (laughs) Oh, dear. I must uh, remind listeners, if you'd like to join in this discussion or if you'd like to ask a gardening question this morning, do give us a call. The number is 94190155. That's 94190155. 
All right, Evan, what else have you got there? Oh, what else have I got? Now that you've just put the, the remaining <laughs> raspberry in your mouth. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> He's been eyeing it off all morning. <laughs> I resisted all night. Uh, look at these groovy oh, things. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, these are a little bit scary, I reckon. Um, Kids would love them. And they've come with plenty of bugs. Sorry about that 3CR for the rest of the week. Um, but these are um, a citrus um, they smell good. Commonly known as Buddha's hand. Yes. Um, and I brought a young one that's still sort of green. Um, I don't know. Okay, how are we going to describe this thing? Uh, <laughs> like a having having just grown all these chocos, I'd say like a like a choco, but it's developed fingers. Yeah, something from Chernobyl. <laughs> 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 so it's a citrus, and um, it has it starts off like a clenched fist mm. on the on the tree, and then um, they slowly open out as they get colour, and uh, the fingers essentially uncurl yeah. and open out. It's a bit spooky, really. Yes, right. It's kind of a spooky plant, um, and then they end up, uh, I guess, nearly like you would imagine a tulip flower. A parrot tulip, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm. Um, but they're thick and fleshy and gnarled um, and just bizarre. Some mm. sort of deep sea creature too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. What, what or out of a horror them? movie or do you something. Eat them or? Um, no, you don't eat them. They've got very little in the way of um, flesh, in, uh, flesh inside them. Uh, apparently you can use them candy. You the, can candy them, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not my idea of a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just I just grow them because they're so cool, yeah. and uh, I I sit them in my office um, because they they're great for perfuming rooms. Yeah, they smell really good. Yeah, they're really pungent. You could also stick cloves in them, like they do with oranges. Or yeah. yes, 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 you could. Um, and they seem to last a hell of a long time. So people also will put them in their linen press um, to perfume the, the the linen press materials. Yes. Um, or in your wardrobe or, or whatever. But it's amazing how long the perfume will keep emanating out of them. It's a, a month or, or mm. more. Mm. Um, and they have them, my tree has them uh, at all different stages at this time of year. So you, you have them sort of nearly all the time because they're always coming on. Mm. It's just like your normal old lemon tree, I suppose. The leaves are quite big. Yeah. Um, Fantastic but, table decoration. Yeah, oh, a real yeah. talking point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean it. Can you imagine a, a, a whole bowl of them? Yeah, it's, it's yeah frightening. Seriously, it is. It is. It's frightening, isn't it? There's something a little bit unnatural about it, sort of somewhat supernatural, which is why I think they're so cool, and, and everyone should have one. Yeah, really, um, to sort of poke in the face of your guests. <laughs> but um, it's a. I think it was also used for some sort of religious ceremonies. It's a northern Indian yes. yeah. um, plant. Um, it's uh, and maybe for some sort of medicinal medicinal uses, given it citrus mm. uh, medicia. What is it? Uh, med, medica. Um, so it, it obviously has some sort of medicinal use as well. But look, it's just a wonderful plant, a really good to- talking point, and uh, and you can use the zest. Oh yes, so, exactly. So, you know, and, you know, if you cook with zest and you so, can you sort can... of imagine it appealing to Hindus, can't you? Yeah. All those things coming out of it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, and obviously, you know, whenever you pull one off the tree and show people, like, your reaction, yeah. it's like, oh, my God, what is that? Yeah. What's gone wrong with that thing? <laughs> yeah. And no, I, and I love the fact that yeah. when they're small on the tree, they do look like just a clenched fist, mm. an elongated clenched hand, and then they slowly sort of open out, yes. which in itself is a little bit spooky. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the spooky plant. How how big does the tree get, Evan? Oh, they get, they're them. just like a regular old lemon oh, tree. Okay. So, you know, they'll get two or yep. three metres or yeah. three metres or so. So a substantial lemon. Yeah, 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 that's right. But obviously you can prune them, um, yeah. cut yep. them back. You know, do all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very, very tough. They don't mm. seem to have any issues. And um, there's a fair bit of weight in that fruit, so yeah. the branches have to be quite sturdy. Yeah, they do hang. You know, they do, and they do sort of make the make the branches a little bit pendulous. You know, right. they sort of um, weight the branches yep. down. But um, but the, the way they sit on the, the tree is really nice too. You know, it's, it, as as they open out and get heavier, they they sort of hang more. But when they're young, the hand sort of looks at you coming out of the bush. Yeah. Mm. Are they prone to gall wasp? Well, I don't have gall wasp touch wood, touch wood somewhere oh. um, at my place yet. Mm. Um, I imagine they probably are, although um, kumquats aren't, so that I'm aware of. So maybe, maybe not, but I, I could, couldn't say because I don't have it. Right. Um, thankfully, yeah. do, do you have it at your place? Yes. You have it in yes. Eltham, really? Yes. Yeah, yes. I always sort of imagined it was more On of a city thing. As well as lemons too. Really? Yeah, they, yeah. they oh, hit yeah. citrus. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and and grapefruits. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Do you have it up in the hills? Never seen it in the hills. No. no. But then there's not a lot of citrus around. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. colder. Maybe I don't know. Or maybe we've just been lucky so far. You'd reckon if it, if it was going to come, it would. It would be there already because mm. it's been in the city so well, long. Well, it's, it's rife through through Melbourne. Oh, it's hopeless. Yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. there's actually there's actually a new group that's started up yeah. um, called Save Our Citrus Melbourne. Yeah. And they've got a campaign going. Um, in fact, um, they've got a couple of videos out there to demonstrate to people what mm. a gall wasp looks like and how to prune if mm. you've got it on. But they've they've got a campaign going at the moment to try and get everyone in Melbourne who's got a citrus tree that's affected to go out and prune in June because yep. June is the time to prune off all the galls because after June, mm, mm. Your, your wasps fly. Yep. Yes, and, yes. Um, Once you get into su- September, yep. they're, they're opening out. Yeah, that's it, right. And, the and they just reinfect <laughs> mm. the same parent tree, but yes. they also reinfect your neighbour's trees. Yeah. And they've got this campaign, as I say, um, uh, to try and save the citrus of Melbourne. To get mm. everybody out there, all your yeah. neighbours, if you know they've got a, a citrus tree, right. to all get out there in June and prune mm. and yeah. try and reduce the population. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's hopeless now. We we used to regularly in private gardens espalier citrus on walls and mm. things like yes. that. You and know, they espalier beautifully, and, yeah. And yeah, it's a fantastic look. Yeah, it's it does look It's just a green brilliant. hedge on a wall. Yep. But now uh, we've given up, well, for years now. Um, it's just impossible. Because you can't aspire something. Because if you lose a branch, that's it. Oh, your back's a square. Yeah, you lost again. your whole shape instantly. So you yeah. just can't do it. No, yeah. no. Oh, it's really um, at give up point. Yep. Unfortunately, yeah, for citrus no, it's in town. Yeah, but I'm just surprised that you've got it out out where you are. Oh yes. Um, that that's that's a shame. Mm. There'd be a mm. concentration of citrus trees around Eltham, though. Everyone would have a lemon, wouldn't they? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What? No lemons in the hills. Not not a lot, really. Oh, is no. it too cold? Or? Yeah, well, my lemons don't do wet well. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I've got Lisbon in my garden, mm. which, which does okay, but 
their sparse. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, Melbourne suburbs are classically... Um, yeah, every garden. Full of every garden, full yeah. of citrus. And why wouldn't you? Yes, exactly. Well, yeah. that's right, when you're paying a dollar a lemon in the city. Yeah. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, if we plant citrus now, it's only um, kumquats, really. Yeah. Okay. Because oh, they yeah. don't seem to get it. Yep. I'm a big fan of lemonades. It's the sweet-eating lemons. Boy, mm. they're fantastic at mm. this time of the year. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit sweeter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Quite a lot sweeter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, as I mentioned, that number, if you'd like to join mm. us this morning, we'd love to hear from you, 94190155. That's 94190155. What have you got, Craig? It's a bit sparse around the garden at this time of the year. Yes. Sort of everything's in retreat <laughs> rather than surfacing. Well, including the humans. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, people tend to stay inside. And they do, they hibernate. used to the cold. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I usually find by August they're back out again. Yep. Bored, bored with sitting inside. Yes. Yeah. Last, last time I was here I was talking about dogwoods and I had a couple of people contact me to, to find out which ones would grow the best in Melbourne. Okay. Um, so I thought I'd do that one a little bit. Excellent. The, the Florida's... The American dogwoods, to me, they're a complete write-off now okay. because of virus. I don't know if you've experienced mm, that, but, no. but in the hills, you, you barely see them. Really? Yeah, oh. which is a shame wow. because they're incredibly beautiful. Yeah. But they're no, pretty much gone. Oh, um, dear. But the, the Asian dogwoods are common now, Cornus Cusa and its hybrids. I don't think that you would be able to grow that in Melbourne, even in no. a, a really choice spot. It's, it's mm. a real cool climate thing. Yep. But there's a hybrid from it called Norman Haddon. Oh, yeah. Which is mm. a cross between Cusa and Capitata. Yes, yeah, I've um, planted that over and, years. Yeah, mm. and I suspect that, look, I, I've never had this confirmed, but I suspect that it would, you know, if you put it in an easterly position right. and, and looked after it, it would grow because, yeah. of, because of its Capitata parentage. Yeah, no, they do. Yeah. Um, and keep the water up to yeah. them. But as you say, an easterly position yeah. um, is probably perfect. And yeah. it's a lovely plant. Beautiful mm. flowers. It's quite late flowering, really, in December for me anyway. Right. Mm. Um, cream, just a touch of yellow in, in the flowers, and then the flowers age to pink. Lovely. Yeah. Um, for me, it's fully deciduous. I'd imagine in Melbourne it'd probably hold a few leaves over That's winter. right. Yep. Yeah. yeah, they're sort of semi-deciduous. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one, of course, is Cornus capitata, the, mm. the uh, Himalayan dogwood, um, which is a weed in the hills. Oh, is really? It? really? Wow. Absolutely. I pull up hundreds of them every year. <coughs> really? Oh. Yeah. yeah. And, and the parrots eat them and take them into the forests, and yeah, mm. it's a shocker. A beautiful shocker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, it was a popular plant being planted around the suburbs probably 10 years ago, 15 yep. years ago. You don't yep. sort of see it as much anymore. I think it probably went through its phase, and perhaps a lot of people planted them in positions that maybe they were going to struggle in, yeah, yep. and so gave up on them. Yeah, you know always, that, that, that I mean, happens. It's pretty much the same as the um, Japanese maples; always an easterly position. Yes, mm. yeah, mm. and pl- plenty of um, organic matter. Yeah, yeah, because they're understory trees. So, mm. Yeah, yeah. So you don't see as many around anymore. I know there's a there's a there's a pair of them um, just off Auburn Road in Hawthorne uh, in a in a in a house frontage there near the Auburn train station that um, have been there for a long time. Yeah. And they've done really well. And they're actually in full north sun, but they just must be in, I don't know, just the ground's just right or whatever it might be. And and they've done really well. That's just a straight capitata. Yeah. Um, but they're they're really long lived as well. 
Yeah, there's an old one really? in Footscray Park that yeah, I right. would say would have been planted in the 19th century. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really long-lived. Yeah. They get quite big trunks. I think people underestimate the time it takes to establish <laughs> this kind of plant. <clears throat> um, you know, you'd be looking at a five- to eight-year program to getting it settled in. Yes. Slow-growing. Right. Yeah, not a very deep root system. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, nice though. I, I think that it's a nice light green too, the foliage. Oh, they're lovely trees. Yeah. Yeah, and the late spring flowering to me is ideal. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah when absolutely. the first flush of spring's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We've just had, a, I'll just quickly read out a comment. We've had uh, Laura from North Melbourne uh, liking our discussion on birds and just making the suggestion uh, that if people uh, want to read up a bit more, they could read The Genius of Birds by Jennifer Ackerman. <clears throat> So there we go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Laura. Yeah. And, okay. of course, there's the, the, the book on songbirds. Oh, yes. Yeah, which puts us at the forefront of, of Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We are where the original songbirds That's came right. from. Yeah. Yes, yeah. which, again, is amazing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The other discussion I've had during the week was agapanthus. <coughs> All uh, right. Um Mm. You know, I'm never one. Oh, to, look! look there's yeah. a, there's a, <laughs> I'm ne- mm. never one to condemn a whole genus. No, <laughs> um, that, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's my nature. It's, it's I always, like talking to Stephen about willows. Or always, that's right. Well, I'd be the same. I'm, yes, salix is a bit of a hot topic for me. Too. Yes, <laughs> but but I always pick through a genus and look. Agapanthus are an appalling weed, and I absolutely condemn anyone who doesn't deadhead them. Yes, they are terrible. And in, in the hills, when you see the the nature strips just littered with the seedlings. It's just horrible. It's, They're everywhere it's like in Eltham too. It's like onion weed. Yep. But, you know, there's a couple of gems in amongst them. Okay. Um, oh, look, I found even with the deciduous ones, which require a bit more water, you know, they come from higher up on the Drakensberg, the deciduous hybrids, if you allow them to seed, will revert. Okay. So, you know, they're also a bit dodgy. But there's yep. one I have in mm. my garden called Snowflake. Mm. Slow to establish, pure white, long flowering, never had a seed on it. And Mm. I think it's fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, it's a good edge plant. That's right. Like I said, slow to establish. Yes. I've I've got an edge of it and it's taken me perhaps five or six years Mm. to get it really thick. Okay. Well, it's probably not what most people perceive as an agapanthus, is it? Because it's much smaller. Much smaller. It's a genuine dwarf. (laughs) Yeah. So the leaves are probably half the thickness. Yep, well, yeah, it's... Yep, or yeah. even a third of the thickness. Third of the thickness, yes. yeah, and the flowers, the, the, the whole plant would probably be, what, 20 centimetres? Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 that's uh, right. Yeah. Um, it's one of those really good plants to put along a pathway. That's right. Um, as, you know, I'm always looking for good pathway plants yeah. because um, the most annoying thing in most gardens is sweeping um, the blackbird Flicking where they flick all the mulch yeah, out, flicked material, yeah. or for those <laughs> off the poultry path. nuts like me, the chooks. Yeah. Oh, the chooks, right? <laughs> yeah. So you know, an edge plant is really, really important yeah, because if you can right. establish a good edge plant, the maintenance of the garden drops enormously. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, um, and snowflake is a really good example yeah. of that. That it gets about six hundred wide, I suppose, long term. Five hundred would be very long term. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and as you say, 20, 30 centimetres high. The flowers are only not that much far, farther above they the foliage. just sit on top of the foliage. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it flowers for a long time. Mm. And, yeah. it, and it is like your regular old egg, white agapanthus. But I've never seen a seed on it. No, I've never seen a seed on it either. Yeah, which to me is really important when you're mm. dealing with agapanthus. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, 
I think there's a blue one too, isn't there? Peter Pan, is that what it's Don't called? Don't know that one. I think there might be a small yeah. one, small blue one, sky blue one. Look, a Peter lot Pan. of the other dwarfs I've been a bit wary <laughs> of because mm. they, they do set seed and the seed yep. reverts. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, Snowflake. I did see a whole run of that recently at a school. I hadn't seen it for a long time. Yeah. And uh, it just got me thinking about using it again. Yeah. Uh, Look, it's, it's quite slow to establish, so it's not really that easy to find anymore mm. in the nurseries. Everything has to be quick these days. That's true. Yeah. But it's really easy to divide up if you know somebody in Scotland. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you can, well, how would you divide it? Um, I'll be doing it soon. Just mm-hmm. dig them up and split them. Yep. Yeah. And, and cut off the foliage? No. No? Just no, whack them straight the in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So they're dead easy to do. Yeah. And 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 I'd look. I'd even be inclined to fence it a little bit while it establishes, mm. because it is so slow to settle in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's a ripper plant. Um, you know, there's lots of good ripper plants for edging. The leery oaks are obviously really common these days, but don't spread as much and quickly as as that does. Um, I use scavola a lot now. Right. Yeah. As the edge plant. Yeah. Um, okay. Mauve clusters. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just recently planted out a, a physio practice in Berwick and, and the driveway um, along along the yeah, the main drive coming in and uh, put that all the way along and it looks magnificent mm. now. Um, yeah. Obviously, it needs a little bit of cutting. Yeah. That's the beauty of the agapanthus. You really you do nothing to it. Plant and walk away, basically. Plant and walk away, yeah. yeah. Um, the scavola forms a magnificent carpet, um, yeah. gives you long flowering, um, but you do have to give it a cut. Yes. You have to cut the height. I think that's something that a lot of people don't do. You've got to cut the height regularly um, to keep it low, and you've got to cut the side. If you don't cut the height, you, it ends up looking like a sort of a scrappy hedge, Yeah. which can look really ordinary. So it's I, good um, just to really mow them down. I use some of the smaller stackers too, stackers thirkai and stackers mm. silky fleeces, really tiny. Yes. And they make great edging plants as well. Yeah, the, yeah. Your standard stackers is probably a little bit too vigorous and sort of starts creeping into the garden. Beds. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but some of the smaller ones are good. Mm. But sometimes something a little bit vigorous <laughs> is kind of handy too. Depends on the nature of your garden. Yeah, and it's easier yeah. to pull something out, out than it is to try and struggle with establishing something. That's right. I always think yeah. it's a bit like the school tree thing. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, Dianthus is a good edge too. That works so really well. So out of fashion. So out of fashion, <laughs> but it's such a I great plant. I struggle to sell them. Do you? I love them. Do you? Yeah. 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 Um, epimediums. Epimediums. You use that? Yeah, epimedium nut. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. Which is your favourite epimedium? Uh, look, I go for foliage, so probably wush and ants, mm-hmm. yeah, um, with the big, long, <coughs> j- jagged leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say. Neosulfurum is fantastic, yes, which is a standard with the soft yellow flowers. Yes, I've got that one. Yeah, mm. yeah, There's that's so, tough as so well. So many of them. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. there are, and and they're great because they do get so full. Yeah. And so packed in, and really, you just don't get any weeds or anything through them, mm. which yeah. is the other key thing with a good edge plant. That's you right. Want oh, them yes. To be very dense. You yeah. don't want to be trying to weed it all the way along. No, yeah. no. And, and yeah. they're just at a good height, too, that if you get the odd weed in them, you don't really see it. You also want something that's thick enough not to allow lawn to run through it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, epimediums are great. They're not used that much. Um, I think people are starting to catch on. Yeah. yeah. They're even good in commercial landscapes because they're, they're very tough, um, as long as they're given a little bit of protection. They vary, but, yeah, the, 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 the European ones are very tough. The mm. Asiatics need a bit more water. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've put them into school gardens and so on. I can imagine that. And and they do well. Yeah, Yeah. they they cope with a football in the middle of them. Well, that's right. They they do. They cope with being stood on and all of that sort of thing, which is is really important. Yeah. Okay, that number again, uh, 94190155. You're listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. And, of course, this morning in the studio, we have Evan Golke from Oka Landscapes and Craig Wilson from Gentiana Nursery. Uh, We are running through until 9.15, our usual time slot. So if you'd like to give us a call, ask a gardening question, we'd love to hear from you. That number, 94190155. And I should uh, also remind listeners that uh, June, the month of June, of course, is Radiothon time for 3CR. And, of course, this is our major source of funding for the next 12 months. And as usual, the gardening show will be having its uh, very own Radiothon show coming up 26th of June. Now, this is when we um, ask all our listeners to dig deep. Um, We're compiling just thousands of dollars worth of all sorts of product to tempt you with on the day. So there'll be... uh, There'll be books, there'll be all sorts of gardening product, there'll be you name it. I think we've got a worm farm already in there, ready and waiting. (laughs) So uh, 26th of June, make a note in your diaries because that's when we will be uh, asking you, as I say, to uh, join in the fun, to uh, make a donation, pick up some wonderful goodies for gifts or for yourself and uh, help keep 3CR and in particular the gardening show on air for another 12 months. Okay, um, what else have you got there, Craig? I was also wanting to talk a little bit about dissectums and autumn colour, dissectums being the weeping maples. Um, look, a lot of the varieties, I grow lots of them because I like them. I like them as structural plants. I like them all year round, really. I think mm. in the winter they're really beautiful yes. when the, the, the uh, structure of them is exposed. But autumn colour can be a bit ho-hum, I find, on many of them. But there's a couple which which are really excel. The first one is one called Vicks Pink, um, which during the, the summer is green, so it's a bit like Veritaflora uh, over the summer months. You you'd really wouldn't pick the difference, but in autumn it goes a really deep burgundy. Okay. Yeah, it's a good one for colour. And the other one is Orangeola, um, which is one of the red-leafed ones over summer, and um, it's still holding a bit of colour now. Oh, mm. gosh, yes. But it's it's a really vivid red. Um, and orangeola actually is, is a real weeper. The foliage just drops right down. It doesn't sort of spread out and okay. drop like some of them. Yes. Mm. Yeah. It's a good plant. It's, it's one of my favourite dissectums. Mm. Um, again, they're for an easterly aspect, and I think they make great tub plants. Mm. Um, they respond well to root pruning, so you know you can you maintain them in tub for many, many years. Right. Yeah. I think the key uh, for most of us living in the in the lowlands is to make sure that they actually colour up down here um, because I remember years ago um, planting Osakasuki in a garden yeah. in Camberwell and although in the hills it looks spectacular and goes it's a deep colour mm. um, down in Camberwell they just went brown and yeah, dropped even off Osakasuki. Yeah, yeah yeah and um, that was a bit of an eye opener for me that mm. um, you know, they don't always do it. Okay. The dissectums seem to always be good. Yeah. Now, I don't know why. Um, and maybe I was just really unlucky with that one. Yeah. Um, 
and the seed grain ones seem to always do really well. How, how long had the Osakazuki been in the ground? I mean, that, that that's oh, a long time. Right. They're still there. They're still there. They're yeah. still not coming. Every up. year they've done it the okay. same. That's, oh. to, that's yeah. the disappointment yeah. of the client. Okay. <laughs> I remember yeah. wrapping up this plant, saying, "Oh, you know, it's fantastic. What it's it is. great." And you yeah. know. And, and uh, yeah, and, but they persevere with it anyway. Oh yeah, it's still there. Right, it's two of them, they, and yeah. they look great through the summer. Lovely, it's bark. just a, it's just a bit of a letdown. Yes, yeah. Osakazuki <laughs> is, is one of the. It's not a weeper. It's a it's the palmatum hybrid. So it's a yeah. small tree, but it has mm. fantastic bark. Yes, as well. Mm. Yes, yeah, it gets that real stripe through it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I've got yeah. I've got two palmatums um, <clears throat> next to each other. And they've taken an awful long time to colour this year. They're in full mm. colour at the moment, and yeah. I thought I was, I thought I was um, going to miss out. And I thought, like you were saying, they were just going to go straight to brown and mm. drop. Mm. But all of a sudden, they've they've just come on with their colour, and they're yeah. looking stunning. That's which is good. great. Yeah, yeah. It's been an amazing autumn for colour. <laughs> it has yes. been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been I mean, really it's, good. I've been a danger on the roads. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Whoa, that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no, um, one of our neighbours has a, just a seed-grown palmatum. It's obviously very old. must have yeah. been there 20 or 30 years. Um, and the sunlight going through that when you drive oh, past it is just it, spectacular. It yeah. Yes. Yeah, it really – that's why autumn is so good when you get those clear, sunny days and you get that magnificent autumn colour. Yes. Mm. Um, there's a an Acer October Glory, which is obviously a different uh, sort of maple, but there's there's a whole uh, driveway full of them in Upper Beaconsfield um, that I imagine will be in full colour now. It's on uh, Manister Road, Manister mm. Road, I think it is, um, and uh, they are just something else. Yeah. It, it, it's like the whole driveway is on fire. Wow, yeah. it's amazing every year. And I thought this year because there's also one in Berwick that I drive past regularly, mm. and uh, I thought this year they weren't going to do it. Like you're saying, Pam, it just looked like yeah. they weren't going to do it. Um, and in the last week, boom. Yeah. <laughs> They've, it's really come. So imagine those ones up in Upper Beaconsfield. If anyone's driving through Upper Beaconsfield, it's kind of – it's not far from uh, the Pine Grove Hotel or the um, – there's a winery there. It's on the road where the winery is. Um, it, just fantastic. Really worth having a look at yeah. because it is just a showstopper. It's like people would run off the road. Yeah. <laughs> I know the first time I saw it, it was like, on with the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> what the yeah. hell is going on in there? Just okay. so good. Yeah, That's one of the American o- ones, isn't it? Yeah. It, look, o- October Glory, I've had mixed results with it and certainly in town, um, in the flats, not so good. Mm. Just, I don't know, it's something about them. They don't like wind. They don't like uh, competition or so on. Get out to Berwick in those areas. They seem to be much, much better. Mm. Um, and, and, and I've noticed in the hills they need full sun. Yep. There's a garden I work at where some of them are in a southerly aspect. They don't get much sun and the, the autumn colour is very disappointing. Just don't turn Whereas up. other ones in a northerly position, yeah. they're fantastic. Yeah, there's there's the other type. So the, the October Glory is an acerubrum. Um, the, there's the other type that are being put out a lot um, – Lipstick range, or yeah, I could. No, I'm not sure if I think that's the rubrums. Uh, but there's Fairview Flame, and um, they're they're all Freeman eyes, right? So Acer Freeman eye varieties. Now they are definitely a tougher plant. 
There's yep. no doubt. There's one that's come out recently called Celebration, mm-hmm. which we've planted quite a few of because, you know, we were told they'd, they'd be quite good. And, and I have planted Freeman eyes in the past, and they are better. I just don't know whether they colour as well. Mm. Yeah. I'm really waiting to see whether they colour as well. Um, They'd want to, wouldn't they, because they're pretty boring trees the rest of the that's year. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Part, that's exactly right. <laughs> They'd want to. <laughs> and if you're not, you're coming out. I'd be very disappointed <laughs> if they didn't colour Well, up. that's right, yeah. Because you expect that really vibrant colour yeah. to come through, and if yeah. they don't, yeah, really, really disappointing. Mm. We must go to, we've got a few callers coming through. We're going first to Phil, who's in Black Rock. Good morning, Phil. Oh, hi. What was the name of the white agapanthus for the edging? Snowflake. Snowflake. Yeah. And epimediums, how do you spell that, the way it sounds? Yes, E-P-I-M-E-D-I-U-M. Right, and what, what's the European species? Does that have a name? Uh, Neosulfurum. M? <laughs> He's got to write down. it down. <laughs> it's Neo. So Neo. Yeah, Neo. Sulfurum. S U L. Okay, I'm right. No, that's fine. Yeah. R E U M. That's all right. I'll check it out. Thanks very much. Now, there's the other one. It's the Asiatic, but that needed water, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Asiatic ones, though, the most mainly Grandiflorum and Yanganum hybrids. Yeah, but the European would be better ones. The Europeans, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Now, there's the German one, or, or is Fron it? Leighton. Yeah, Fron Leighton. That yeah. is amazing. It's amazing, yeah. That, that, that's probably, I think, would be the toughest okay. of them, would you say? Mm. It gets a bit burned. Mine does. Depends on the, the – in full shade it wouldn't burn. No. Yeah. Um, but mine's in quite heavy soil and it does get a, a lot of sun. It does burn. But, now, that's um, the German spelling. That, oh, okay. Is yes. there an anglicised yeah. version? Yeah. So how do we spell that? D-O-N? Yeah, F, Fron. Yeah. F-R-O-N. Yeah. H-L-E-I-T-E-N. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's a close enough. It might yeah. be F-R-O-E, I think. Okay. Fraun Lichten, yeah. Okay, thanks kindly. It, it's a ripper plant, though. It's really dense. Divide it, you need you need a tomahawk. Yeah. Really. It gets very woody, um, but once you've got it, you can divide it and spread it around the garden. Absolutely. And yeah. it's something you'd use in edging? Yeah, al- yeah, always for shade. Right. Terrific yeah. edging. We did a garden years ago where it was a relatively small backyard, put... Um, uh, crepe myrtles through mm. it, and on the pathways we have that epimedium edging it, yeah. and it does look magnificent. Mm-hmm. Simple, you get really good flower different times of year would at, at be, different levels. Would that be easy to get now? Come and see me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it. Pots of it. Pots of it. Yeah. yeah. Look, it's a ripper plant, yeah. and, and and it's it's great because you can divide it. Any plants you can divide. Right. Are really useful That's in right. the garden. Once they're established, mm. you have it forever, and you can mm. pull pieces up and use it all over the garden. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So whereabouts are you in the hills? Um, one three eight, Alinda Mombolk Road in okay. Alinda. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Next up, we're going to uh, Liz, who's in Mount Macedon. Good morning, Liz. Oh, good morning. Um, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I've got a problem with frogs under rhododendrons. Um, this year has been a dry year. We've lost one of our rhododendrons, unfortunately. I can't understand why because I've watered it. Um, but I did, I'm, I've been removing ivy, and I still have a few garden beds of ivy to remove. But I have no, no frogs in the garden bed where I've carefully done it over three years. I've taken a slab of ivy out, 
and then delicately taken another slab of ivy out and, an, and another. And from that garden bed that's now almost clear of ivy and I've put down straw, um, I've just... And all the frogs have gone. I've got one I can hear um, somewhere else in another garden bed, just one lone voice. Um, but I'm just wondering... Um, uh, what I'm doing wrong, and I don't want to do that again. I want to bring the frogs back again. Mm. Um, the ivy obviously created a nice little habitat for exactly, them. Yeah. Exactly, because not only are you giving the frogs shade because they don't like to be out in the sun, but you're also providing a moist atmosphere mm. because every time it rains, that ivy is going to maintain a bit of moisture yeah. on the leaves mm. and you know it's going to be moist underneath. So you just need to recreate habitat. You need to recreate habitat, that's need all. some epimedium frontalation. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. <laughs> and the other thing too is I've put down rice straw um, I, because I don't want to bring in any other weeds into yeah. the garden. Yes. We're at 800 metres and we've got natural um, forest mm. leading into the garden. Um, mm. So I don't want to uh, bring, in, bring in weed species. So I've been bringing in clean straw mm. Um, but I did find when I moved the rice straw away during summer, it was dry as a bone underneath. Yes. Mm. Um, so maybe it's the hot, the hot summer. Yeah, I think that's uh, probably yeah. right. You know, it was it was pretty dry there, especially in spring. It sounds to me like your garden. It, am I right in saying that it hasn't been maintained over the last few years? Or uh, well, I'm an amateur gardener. Yeah. So um, I do maintain it. To the best of my ability, but I'm not trained. Yeah, because so. building up the soil takes a long time. Yeah. You know, if it's had ivy on it and you're stripping that ivy off, there's yes. no organic matter in the soil at all. That's right. And that's mm. going to take many years to build back up. I've just just keep piling to. it on. Yeah. yeah. I've been trying to, but perhaps not successfully. Yeah. Um, so, and then there's the thought that I don't want to kill the moss and I don't want to kill the, um, the, the uh, frogs. Mm. So I'm very careful about what I put in that garden mm. bed. I try to keep the pH um, uh, the way rhododendrons and natives like it. Yeah. Mm. Um, so um, I think if you're not digging a lot, you, you're not really going to disturb the frogs. Okay. No, you're not. I think digging would be catastrophic for them. Okay. Um, but getting lots and lots and lots of mulch down That's right. of whatever it yeah. may be, but yeah. something that breaks down like what you're yeah. using is yeah. the key. Um, to build the organic matter up. Yeah. Uh, it was no good putting wood chip down, for example. That that will do nothing. Well, it will, but over an incredible Over a long, long time, though. No, you need but, something but, quicker. So it's much better to use yeah. what, you, what you're using. I, I, see, I'd, I'd, I'd be inclined to develop a relationship with your local tree guys yeah. and um, and get wood chip. But but what you'll find with the, with the, from the tree guys is that it's mixed up with leaf mm. yeah. rather than just, just the, the pine bark, which is just hard bark. Mm. Yes, so the, 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 the mulch from your local tree guys is really good and just keep piling it on year after year mm. as well as all your autumn leaves. I and think especially if you can leave it in a pile. I don't know yeah, if right. you manage to do that, but yeah. if you've got the space, if you can leave it in a pile for a year. Let it age. It, Even it, less. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's such a better material mm. than putting it on fresh yeah. because okay. the leaves break down and it, uh, it adds that nitrogen to help break down the timber. But and they're, they're, aged animal manures. Yeah, you can throw that yeah. through it as throw well. That, and that's safe for your natives mm. as well. Mm. Yeah. All right, that's great. Thank, mm. thank you. With, with your rhododendron, the, the, I would imagine at Macedon you have phytophthora. Um, what's it, phytophthora? It's, it's a soil-borne pathogen that comes from um, leaving tree stumps in the ground. 
when you're removing trees. And rhododendrons are really susceptible to it. They've done really well until this dry patch. It's an old one? Um, these, these are at 35 years old. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, it could be Phytophthora. Okay. Because the, the dry would weaken them and make them susceptible to it. Okay. Yeah. The other thing you can do with frogs, of course, is um, get some water around yeah. the place. And no goldfish. Yeah, no goldfish. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, that that's amazing. You know, we, we have yeah. two ponds near the house, yeah. and uh, the moment it starts raining, yeah. they start chirping. Right. It's oh, right. fantastic. Yeah. Um, but the ponds are the key, yeah. I, I yeah. think. Uh, obviously, frogs live away from water as well, permanent water and so yeah. on, and in the ground and whatnot. But I, I just love the frogs that yeah. come to the ponds, and they just turn up. They just like moisture. They're all through my mm. stock too. Yeah, where yeah. I'm watering all the time. That's right. Yeah, they're, they're actually the all. I've got a, a, several of them in my veggie garden because, yeah. of course, I kept up the water over yeah. summer, mm. so they've all migrated into the yeah. veggie garden. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did a pond in the middle of Kew in a in a place where um, the in a school where the kids were were making a vegetable garden and all of that. Uh, so did a pond, put native grasses and things around it, and lamandras and this and that. It took six months, and a neighbour a neighbour sent me an email. The neighbour next door, yes, uh, sent me an email on a Sunday night and said we had frogs last night. Ah. <laughs> She's lived there all her life. Yeah, never had a frog in the yeah. area. Right. The biggest mistake people make is using putting fish in their pond. Yeah, it eats the all the dreadful tea. things. Yes, <laughs> they, they don't even get tadpoles. to be frogs. They eat the eggs. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how deep are these ponds? Oh, they don't need to be deep. No, um, they don't need to be big either. No, that's right. But um, they, they just need to be, in, I guess, a little bit of a protected spot, yeah. I suppose, is good because you get less evaporation. My neighbour across the road's just got wine barrels in her garden and she just provides some sort of um, ladder. device ladder for the frogs <laughs> to get in and out. <laughs> yeah. But they do the job. Circus Oz yeah. frogs. Yeah. But, I mean, you can even sink terracotta dishes just mm. into the, you know, shallowly into the ground mm. and, and make sure you've got a bit of foliage up to the edge mm. and, and you'll, you'll get frogs. The key too, I mean, you've got to be aware of mosquitoes as well. Yeah, so, that's, that's the problem. So I, I, I guess you've got to make sure frogs can get into them yeah. and don't, don't do too much at once. Just do one somewhere where you think they might be. Uh, the frogs and the tadpoles will eat the mosquito larvae. But don't go to town and put water everywhere. In, no, because there's in a lot tubs. of maintenance. Yeah, because you will end up with a lot of mosquitoes that the frogs aren't getting. Yeah. Um, and that can drive you nuts as well. So yeah. um, there's a balance in there. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for your help. Okay. Bye. Bye. And uh, next up, we're going to uh, Jill in East Brighton. Morning, Jill. Good morning, panels. I'm really enjoying the show as always. Um, just a couple of things you've been talking about. That first of all, I wanted to say, um, oh, quite last summer it must have been. I rang in to say, oh, my my dark blue agapanthus that my mum dug up from my uh, aunt's hill garden at at, uh, at uh, Belgrave are not flowering this year. What could be wrong with them? You know, and and um, I, somebody mentioned, do you have a dog? And I said, oh, yes, I've got a couple of staffies. But they just work their energy off on each other. They don't bother the garden at all, which is generally true. And I said, besides, the agapanthus all look fine, you know. Anyway, um, I then went out, you know, and thought of this and, and, and looked underneath all the leaves that were still, you know, forming quite a dense canopy at the top. 
and found that, yes, the male staffy had made an adventure playground right through. <laughs> yeah. there, there were tunnels, there were little caves. There were, mm. yeah. So, yes, I've, I've had to fence them off, and you may be assured also I always deadhead my agapanthus. Yes, that's ever. good. Even though we're in East Brighton and it's not a big, you know, there's no yeah. bushland near me, yeah. I just... You know, I know birds do fly. Mm. And the other thing was the birds. Um, you mentioned I'm, I'm a, a, menu, a, a member of uh, BirdLife Australia and a bird watcher, and um, I didn't quite catch the author of the book, The Genius of Birds. Was it Lisa Ackerman? Um, I haven't got it in front of me now, but it was definitely Ackerman. Ackerman. Okay, good, good. No, I'll look that, that should, up. That should get you, yes. Or... Sounds, sounds terrific. Yeah, sounds okay. really interesting. And just the other Jennifer thing. Ackerman. Oh, Jennifer, Jennifer Ackerman. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I'll just make a note of that. And um, the other thing was you t- you're talking about um, autumn colour, and you know, it's in East Brighton, it is really hard to get things to colour up mm, here. Yeah, you know, we mm, virtually yeah. never get a frost. But at the moment, I'm just looking out my back uh, window at the. Um, uh, it's the weeping cherry. I think it's called Snow Fountain. I got it from Fleming's some years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Something like that. It flower. It got. It has uh, branches that go right down to the ground. Nice. Yeah. It doesn't. Ha- it doesn't have one of those horrible big lumps around the uh, graft. Yes. You know, it <laughs> yes. gracefully goes over. Yeah. And it looks as if someone has just lit a torch inside it. It is the most glorious apricot mm, color. That's wow. fantastic. Yeah. And it, it has. It holds its leaves for ages. Yeah. And um, and then when it finally loses them, of course, it's got that beautiful shining cherry trunk. Yes, oh, some of those trunks can just yeah. look they so can good, be can't brilliant, they? Can't they? gorgeous, yeah. and, and even even the branches have that kind of you know sheen to them. Mm. Yes, so been... that even there, it looks absolutely lovely. I, I think a lot of um, no, yeah, quite a few of the of the um, weeping trees can look quite ugly, especially birches and things. But uh, this one, I needed to fit it in a narrow space at the fork of two paths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought I need something that, that won't spread. And this just goes down to the ground. Ah, oh, the colour is fabulous. <laughs> and does it colour up every year? Every year. Right, so it's a good variety. Mm. Yes, it's yeah. a terrific variety. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, I've just, just been, uh, as I said, thrilled by it because just about everything else doesn't. Mm. And what was the name of the variety again, Jill? I think they called it... I was rummaging around on my bookshelves. I know I've got the tag still somewhere. (laughs) It's uh, Fleming Cells, and I think it's something like Snow Fountain. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it's a beauty. Um, Excellent. Yes, yes. So just just thought I'd mention that if anyone is having trouble with autumn colour. And the other thing is when it flowers too, it just is like a snow fountain. It goes Mm. right down to the ground Mm. and just... Beautiful snow white blossom. Mm, Wonderful. Sounds, sounds like a good one. Yep. Yeah. How, yeah. Do the, how do the possums enjoy the blossoms? Uh, look. <laughs> <laughs> In East Brighton, uh, hot spot. Yes, Possum City. <laughs> yeah. um, look, they've never touched it. Oh, really? Good. Yes, and I've actually got, I, I don't have a proper clothesline. I have that um, um, wire of, um, it's, it's got the green plastic coating on it so you can't see it, and I just string that round and it goes, it goes. P- Past that tree, and yet for some reason, they don't seem to to like it at all. Okay. Mm. Uh, wow. Whereas I, you know, we I know we have masses of possums and lots of possum damage, and now these days, you know, I won't plant anything near near a, a possum line unless I know it's possum proof. Mm. Yep. Uh, mm. but, by the way, that's uh, one of the ones 
put one magnolia they won't touch. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like That's interesting. Yes. The, the evergreen uh, mag- magnolias they yeah. seem, mm. seem to defeat them, well, and and of course clumping bamboo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Oh, I love clumping bamboo. Yeah. So I'm yeah. such a gripper plant. Yeah. Do you, do you cut canes out of it regularly or do you just let it go? Look, I haven't and I should. I'm feeling quite anxious because I can see it's trying to burst out over the mm. path kind of thing now. Um, yeah. Well, you know, had, the great... To, sorry, go on. The great thing about it... it um, so I have part of my company um, looks after gardens as well. So, And we've planted a lot of clumping bamboo over the years. And my theory is you need to take out about 20% of the canes each year. Right. So, And particularly through the middle. Yes, which it would be really hard to get a, a store or anything in yep. there now. Yeah, that's right. But um, it's really important because yes. um, you open up the middle and you you allow the space then for new canes to come up in the middle so they don't yeah. spread quite as quickly. Yes. Oh, so okay. that contains them. It contains them a little bit, yeah. Right. It just slows them down. Right. I mean, because they do spread, obviously, but yeah, nothing yeah. like running bamboo. Yes. Yeah. No, no, I wish actually that when I bought it they'd told me just to put something along perhaps to along the fence line so they didn't pop up in the neighbour's place. Yes. Because I know they don't run, but, of course, as a, as a clump, they spread. <laughs> yeah, they slowly spread. But, look, it, they're pretty easy because you can just knock that new growth off. Right, And And, yes. you know, if you knock it off when it's, you know, in its infancy, mm-hmm. you can just snap them off very easily. They, they don't re-come again until the next yeah. year. So um, they are pretty easy to look after in that respect. They don't come up everywhere. <laughs> Yes, no, 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 they're um, wonderful. And, and, you know, I um, yes, I'll have to get brave and get in there. I mm. do hear the neighbours every now and then having a go. <laughs> 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 well, I, I think they should be grateful because, um, uh, as I was saying, we, we maintain a few gardens. We've got lots of uh, clumping bamboo around the place. Which one do you use? I use, um, I use um, Textilis gracilis quite uh-huh. a bit. Yes, um, is that's that what, what I, you've got? I use. The, yep. The, can I just say the only thing about it is every time I think, well, it couldn't get any higher, <laughs> and then every spring new spears appear about two metres above the caterpillar. I know, I know. And, it is a big and So plant. I think I've got my neighbours are very shaded out because they've got a two that you know we had, we tried to oppose it, but they've got a series of two storey units right up to our back fence, which is why mm. we planted it. Yep. And it's brilliant for us, but I'm sure they never get any sun at all. Yeah, yeah. Look, they, obviously it has its downsides, but. Um the other thing, they're really great for making things out of the yes, bamboo. Really, that's really true. good. Yes, I use them. You know, I use them for stakes and, yeah. and things. And yeah. yeah. Um, so the key is to cut ones that are at least two years old. Yes, oh, mine are more you, than that. If you they, come, they really are overdue for a for yeah. Mm. But if you cut, if you cut the canes too young, they're too soft. Yes. But I've just made fences for rabbits okay. out of out of bamboo at home. Yeah. And uh, just with timber stakes in the ground. And then just weaving it between them. So it can just look oh, like a big yeah. basket. Mm, they have yep. to be quite thick, wouldn't it, to keep yeah, rabbits out? Uh, no, they the won't eat through quite it. Bendy. Mm. Yeah, they are quite bendy. And, yeah. um, uh, but you can make really good fences out of them. We sometimes hoop them as right. well to make fences in playgrounds mm-hmm. and just put them together with electrical ties. Is, is a nice quick way to put them together and yes. just run yeah. a little timber stake in the ground to electrical tie them to the stake. It looks really neat. And uh, forms a really nice edge okay. um, to keep people off, off edges. So are you using dead ones or green ones for weaving? Uh, no, live one. You just cut them and then you use them. Yeah, yeah while they're still flexible? Yeah, while they're still flexible. Mm. And it takes about a day. So, you know, you don't, you don't do it, you know, between your legs as you're putting them in the it's ground. It's a fairly short window. Well, well, they flick up. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
But but after a day, they form the shape. Yeah. And they don't go back. Okay. But the key, so the canes last about, oh, I guess they last longer, but they last about, say, five years. So the first year, you can't use them. The first year they've come up because yep. they're just not strong enough. You yep. bend them, they snap. Okay. Um, second year, they're, they're really good. And the third year, they're really good. And after that, they, they tend to get a fungal disease or something. You know, I think it's just part of the life cycle. And then they can get a little bit weak as well. So okay. you sort of need to cut out the two- and three-year-old ones oh. for it. Um, and if you cut them and use them quite quickly, you can flex them really well, mm. really quickly. So okay. you can make these wonderful hoops mm-hmm. and so on. And they last a long time mm. as well. Mm. So you, mine have never shown any sign of disease and they'd be, the clumps would be about um, seven years old, I'd say, five yeah. or seven years old. Mm. But, yes, I, I guess I, you just use a pruning saw to do the thinning? Yeah, pruning saw, whatever you can get whatever in there. Whatever I can get in there. Loppers. The thing there's so tightly yeah. packed. Loppers are great if you can get in there. Yes, I've got I've got strong loppers, but mm. yes, I, I you know the the bamboo's so thick. I even wondered if they would manage it. And you should try and do it as close to the ground as you as possible. Yeah, it's just for neatness, really. Doesn't yes. matter for any and other get, reason. As you say, make room for the new shoots. But the great thing about bamboo is, okay, let's say they're eight meters high, and you want them four meters. Well, you just cut them off at four meters, yes. and if you can reach them, they might well, no, well you can, be. You can just bend them down. Oh, I see what you see, mean. See, that's yes, the that's other true. beauty. You can just yep. bend them down. It's not like a tree. Mm. Yes. So you can just bend them down, cut them off, and let them spring up again. Yes. So they're incredibly useful and versatile. Yes, they are. They're fabulous. And, mm. and, I, have to, and I have to say, uh, they've absolutely saved our privacy. We would have had uh, people on. We've got a wide back fence. We have got two lots of, you know, the two-story things close to the back. And, and the, we're on a slope that slopes up towards them. So mm. it's almost... If we if we could see those places, they would look like three stories from where yes. we are. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and the bamboo yeah. just got made this wonderful green curtain, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know totally blocks them out. Terrific. Yeah, yeah great plant. Mm. And little birds also can can um, uh, nest in there. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. it's a really nice dense little place, mm. which it, you know doesn't seem to no cat could get in there or anything. Mm, yeah, we've still got some free-range cats around here, as well as the possums. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, thanks, thanks so much, panel. I really, really love the show. Okay, excellent. Bye. Okay, bye. bye. That number, if you'd like to uh, ring in, we are running through until nine fifteen. So, if you'd like to jump on the phones and give us a call, nine four one nine zero one double five. That's nine four one nine zero one double five. Um. We haven't mentioned this plant. I'll, <laughs> I'll let you mention it because I know it's also one of Craig's favourites. Uh, yeah, well, I couldn't walk past this um, last night. It's just the irregular old uh, red hot poker. Okay, it's just straight knife over here. Well, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I can't remember what, what it is. The Praycox. Praycox, is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, look, I think it probably just came back with my gardeners one weekend and it ended up in my garden. Mm. Um and I just love it. And it's great as a cut flower mm. uh, in the house. And we were just commenting last night that um, they, they've been in the, in the vase about um, a week and they were on an angle in the vase and they've all straightened up to be vertical. The, the flowers actually have bent up to be vertical in the vase, which is yeah. quite bizarre over, over seven days. But they're just a wonderful, bright flower in the garden, horrible foliage. That's right. They need to be behind something. Yeah. Yeah. Have to be at the back of a bed, so yeah. you just get the get the uh, torches coming up. But I love them. But you, um, you you're a fancier. 
Yeah, I'm, I've got quite a few of them, and the winter <laughs> ones are coming up now. Win, okay. win, winter chia is, of course, one of the standards. Mm. Really strong orange with a yellow skirt. Yes. But I have another one called Zululandica, which is a winter flowering, which I bought on the strength of its name. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist that one. Um, but it's really, really dark, dark burnt orange. Right. It's wow. a great colour. Yep. Yeah. Mm. And mm. it's just making flower buds now. And, of course, Encephalia, the yellow one's just The finished. yellow one's stunning. Just finishing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yellow and green. Yes. Absolutely that's, beautiful. I think you've brought one in once before and yeah. it is really stunning. Yeah, mm. and, and they're great for the honey eaters. Yes. Oh, the, yes. The birds love them. Yes. They bounce up and down on them. <laughs> they're, right. they're so yeah. much fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And such strong stems, they don't break yeah. them. That's right. Yeah. Mm. That's why they're bendy when you first pick them. Yeah, it probably is too. <laughs> right. I know that was straight. That was straight last night when I picked it. Oh. But it's been laying in the basket and it's just curved down yeah. with the weight of it, I suppose. Okay. But I have yeah, one or another heavy. out all year round. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, there's always enough ophia out somewhere in the garden. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So if you have a few of them, that they have very different flowering periods. Mm. Yeah. And tough is tough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can't kill That's it. Right. I mean, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I really like it. I think it's just a great plant because they are a torch, aren't they, yes. in the garden at, yeah. at this time of year when things are going sort of slowly backwards, gracefully, mm. and then this comes up and it's like, wow, look at that. Um, but yeah. they do have to be at the back of a bed because oh, yeah. their foliage is as ugly as yeah. and yeah. Uh, never looks tidy no matter what you do with yeah, it. Yeah, you cut yeah. them to the ground. Yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah, to tidy yeah. them up and yeah. then they come again. Um, but, yeah, back of the bed. Yeah. Middle of the bed with something in front of them that, that just sort of screens their, their foliage a little bit. But it just gives you that bit of height and structure in mm, a garden yeah. bed, mm, yeah, yeah, which mm. is great. Um, but from my, prob- my point of view, they're a problem for the nursery. They have to be divided. You can't seed raise them. Okay. They're, they're like hellebores. They're incredibly promiscuous, so you just never know what you're going to get. Oh, right. Oh, right. seed raised. Really? Yeah, so if you want named varieties, you have to divide them. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're not that fast to clump up. Okay. Yeah. If, you, if you're looking at dividing up large quantities. Mm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, great plant, though. Yeah, terrific. Every garden should have yeah. it. Yep, yep. What's this other one you've got here, Evan? Um, that's a Berberus, um, which um, it's Berberus uh, darwinii. It's, um, it's got like a tiny holly leaf, um, and... Uh, each little angle on the leaf has a little spine. Yep. So it's not the nicest thing to brush past. No, but great for little birds. <laughs> uh, yeah, yep, great for little birds. And um, it's just coming into bloom now uh, and it flowers in in lovely little racemes um, that are about uh, three or four centimetres long. And they're, they're your sort of lovely orange. It's, it's an orangey yellow. Um, and that'll grow in quite deep shade. Um, yeah, mine's mine's in a reasonable amount of shade, and mm. and he's leaning to the light, yeah. wanting to go to the light. So I've just had a, a hakeier fall down in the neighbour's place, uh, so it's going to get a lot more sun now. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes um, next summer. But uh, it's a terrific plant, it, it because the colour is vivid and no, it's it just coming out now, and it lasts for about six weeks. Yeah. Okay, the colour on it, so you get a, you get it for a really long time. So it's an evergreen shrub. Um, gets to about two metres. Yeah, a little bit weedy in the hills. Is it really? Yeah, you see it on the nature strips. Yeah. Oh, is that oh, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so it self sows. But it's not rampant. Yeah, it does self sow. Oh, now I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. I bought it from your miner originally. Yep. Um, so uh, yeah, he he grows it up there. Um, it clips as well. 
Yeah. So you can clip it and keep it into a, a sort of a, an informal hedge, which is you know quite a nice little hedge because it's a very very deep green. Yeah. Which and nice I think, foliage. Yeah. Which which sort yeah. of hedges need to be a really nice deep green color. Um, yeah. So um, it's uh, Berberus darwinii or or Darwin's Barbary. Um, yeah. Spiky. Um, but lovely um, holly-like leaves. Tiny. It's like a miniature holly, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very um, much so, yeah. except for the flowers, of course. Yeah, and then you just have those beautiful um, uh, golden yellow, really, flowers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, great great plant. Brilliant. Really good, but not one to park next to – Yeah, put next to where you park car. your car. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As with most berberus. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 yeah, At least the spikes are small, yeah. but there's heaps of them. They're on every leaf. There's sort yeah. of five on every leaf. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Oh, I've got I me. Mean, I've got a plant friend in Michigan, and, and um, Berberus thumbergii is a significant weed there, right. is it? Which we wouldn't even think about. No, no. apparently it's taking over their forests. Really? Gosh. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing, isn't it? You yes. take something out of its environment. Oh yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Well, it sets a lot of fruit. That, does that Absolutely. plant even here? Yeah. But I've not ever seen one come up. But they do set a lot of fruit, and the fruit's quite p- beautiful. It is very pretty. Mm, yeah. it's, it's a lovely yeah, purple. The birds like it too, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Spread it around. Spread it far and wide. Well, that's interesting. So that's where yeah. your potential mm. comes from. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's get to a couple more calls. We have Karen out in West Footscray. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, guys. How are you going? Well, well. Hello. It's good. Look, I'm just laying in bed listening to you, so I'm glad someone's up keeping the country going. <laughs> now, I'd like to know, um, there was a, a neighbour had a Strelitzia bird of paradise, you know, your normal one out back, and it, it really pushed over the fence, and then it, it dug up some concrete, and the roots were, I don't think I've seen anything like it, really. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, we, we got the job of digging it out. Oh, good luck. Um, yeah, that's right. And it was like, oh, it must have been a metre and a half around. Yes. Uh, don't ever, anyone who's listening, don't ever volunteer to do a job like that again. <laughs> um, it was a crowbar and each, you know, it just took so long. But I didn't get all the, I mean, I dug it down a long way, but the rhizomes seem to still go deeper. Yes, oh, yeah. I do. an excavator yeah. to get it out. Yep, so yep. What's the likelihood of that coming back? Oh, look, I remember moving one when I was a student, a really big one like that, Um and it took years to come back because I know what you're saying. You seemingly kept going down and yeah. not actually getting to the root system no, on we such a big plant. No, we must have gone down a good 30 centimetres yeah. and still there was more. Yeah, I, I remember having the same same thing going on. And, uh, look, it did survive, but it really? just sulked for years and years and years. So and it's years. unlikely to shoot back from the roots that it, you've left behind? Uh, no, no. I don't think so. Yeah. No. It, it's a it's it's a difficult plant to move when they're so big. Yeah. 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 yeah it just seems coming and coming really. Like it was. I thought it was you know we'd get to the end and we were pretty persistent, but um, <laughs> there was so much. Just, and that was what I was concerned about. Whether I mean I didn't want to use poison with it drilling for what was left. And I don't think it'll poison. reshoot. No, I think if you've taken the growing crowns out, that'll yeah. be it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Yeah. That yeah. means the new concrete will be fine. Yes. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, you know, and the fence too. Like the fence has got some good life in it, but not with the current. It was, you know, the growth of that pushing it over and just blocking it out, and also just the bend in the fence. So mm. it really needed to come out. I mean, not that you know, I love plants, but 
this was doing a lot of damage. And, yeah, no, they, the, the roots of those do incredible damage. They're so yeah. strong. They're yeah. unbelievable. And I think when people plant them, they don't understand that's just right. quite what they're putting in. That's right. No, yeah. that's right. And the woman said to me, oh, you know, do you think I could, could you dig it out? <laughs> people who don't know, could you dig it out and could I plant it at my place and describe, I want to put it along the driveway. And yeah. I went, well, sure, if you want a lot of problems, because it's exactly what it's doing here, it'll do to your driveway. Yeah, and yeah. And then she said, well, can you just dig me out a little clump? And it's like, no, you can come and dig out your own clump. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst job, I think. You know, oh, I'd yeah. rather yeah. Leave for weeks and do that again. Yeah, yeah. you do need an excavator. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, well done for having to go at it anyway. Yes. Have a good weekend. Okay, Thank you too. Bye. And uh, next we have uh, Kevin out in Doncaster. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, panel. Um, my my uh, query is about molasses aties. You don't see them in the nurseries so much these days, and I was mm. just wondering where you could obtain them these days. I have a few in my nursery, but not a lot. Right. The, the, um, the other place that you could try is um, your miner on David Hill Road in Mombolk. Fine. Your miner was in David Tree Road. David Hill Road oh, in David Mombolk. Right. Yeah. I know um, that he carries a few. Mm. Great. Well, yeah. A few places to visit. And the yeah. other thing you were talking about, the uh, Ace of Palmatum, um, I've got quite a few trees and they've coloured up well. Uh, and for s- several years I've tried to grow uh, them from the, the seeds and the seed pods and yeah. uh, just can't get them to germinate. Is there anything I should be doing apart from stratifying them? And... I don't know. They self-seed all over my garden. I'm always pulling <laughs> them up. But the seed should be ripe now. Right. Um, and I'd just sow it. I certainly wouldn't stratify it or anything. I'd just right. sow it. Just sow it in a... In a uh, and put it under a tree units. somewhere. Okay, then I'll give that... There, I've found them to be seriously easy. Great. And yeah. uh, because uh, you won't... You, you, there's no guarantee they're going to come true from the parent plant. No. That, that you, you get all sorts of variations in the seedlings, which is why you have so many varieties. And do they naturally adopt a weeping habit, or do you have to uh, uh, graft them? No, the, the dissectums are always grafted. grafted. Right. Yeah, you, you, and you'll find the seedlings from the dissectums will revert back to straight palmatum. Ah, fine. I didn't know that. But uh, look, I'll get out there and uh, sow some of the seeds. But thanks yeah. very much for your help today. Mm, okay. okay, should have no trouble. Thank you. Very yeah, much. that's right. Bye. Bye. Mm. Okay, uh, we've had uh, oh, a couple of queries. Firstly, Marnie of Red Hill, uh, what to plant along a driveway? Wants soft plants, i.e. pinks and whites. Oh, sorry, I was looking at the second question because ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's got my name on it. It has. Um, plants along the driveway, soft pinks plants. And whites. Pinks and as, as edge plants are we talking about, um, do you think? Um, um well, I'm assuming they're going yeah. to have to be. Mm. Um, well, obviously, we've got the, you know what you would, you know, the agapanthers, yep. um, um, which, which is terrific. Gregii salvias. Yes. Yeah. Uh. Um, uh, the white uh, liriope um, uh, Munro's white, which is fine unless it's in a lot of sun. That's for shade, though. Isn't yeah, because it? Yeah. It, it gets uh, gets a bit bleached. Yeah. In the sun, your scaviolas would be good, wouldn't they? They come in pink and white, don't they? Yeah, they come in in pink. Um, yeah. They work really, really well. Yeah. Um, the dianthus that we we talked about earlier um, would would do nicely. Um, Assuming she doesn't 
It's uh, really hard to know what sort if of. If Marnie the doesn't mean an edging is. plant, yeah, that's mm. the problem. Um, what yeah. could you suggest that's got a little bit more height to it? Well, the next level up uh, of, of all the azaleas, I don't really plant azaleas anymore, but um, Alba Magnifica is is the best of them, I think. Um, for the white ones, for yeah. the white, yeah. uh, because they're tough, they're big, uh, yep. they don't seem to get all the issues that. Oh, well, they get some, but not to the extent. Yeah. Of, uh, a They'd lot of the years probably go quite well at Red Hill, wouldn't they? In I think they do very yes, well in that soil. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, it, de- it depends on whether there's shade and so on. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, you could try... Um, um, the dwarf Escalonia. Yep, yep. Yeah, dwarf yep. Escalonia. That would yeah. be good. Um, they would come in a range of colours, I'd imagine. I don't know too much about them, but... Yeah, there's um, there's a few different um, small escalonias. Um, they're mostly a reddy colour, but it, for the most of the year they're just a lovely deep green. Yeah. Um, so that's okay. Um, other plants, well, I guess um, dogwoods would do okay in Red Hill, wouldn't they? You, I would have thought so. You could plant capitata. That's if you wanted trees. Yeah. It just depends on what what she's after. Maybe yeah. she could uh, and the position. Yeah, it sort of come back with the. Uh, with what it is that she's looking for. Mm. Yeah. Um, where is the uh, avenue of trees um, out my way? Um, look, there's a single, um, there's a single maple tree. in uh, Lyle Road. I think it's Lyle Road um, uh, in Berwick. And uh, it's on the um, southern side. And you can't miss it right now. It's like a beacon. Um, and the avenue of them in the driveway is actually in, um, I think it's Manister Road. So you go past from uh, Upper Beaconsfield, driving out toward Harkaway, you go past um, the Pine Grove Hotel and, and turn left into what I think maybe Manister Road and you go past a winery and it's not, not far along on your right. And again, you can't miss it. If, if you just follow the road from Upper Beaconsfield to Harkaway, yeah. uh, you, you won't miss it. <laughs> It'll hit you in the face. It's yeah. on fire at the moment. Yeah, I imagine it would be. I haven't been past, but yeah. given the one in Berwick is, and it took yeah. so long to come yeah. this year, I imagine that one, th- those ones will be as well. Excellent. Mm. Okay, well, let's go this time to, let me see, where have we got? Uh, Gloria, who's in Bulleen. Hey there, Gloria. Oh, Hi. Hi. <laughs> And said, what are you? And I said, I'm bamboo from police. <laughs> <laughs> well, I came into your came in on the tail end of your conversation with bamboo, which I've oh, I'm just in love with bamboo at the moment. <laughs> well, I, I lost a lot of my trees off the, from the north fence uh, because my next door neighbour cut down all his trees, and so it changed. You know, I had wind coming through, and I anyway. So bamboo. Wonderful, and I have put a couple of Alphonse Carr in. Yes, that's yeah, a nice plant. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, it is quite good. Mm. But I, I heard you. I think Jill had something else to say, and and then you were going to talk about. You said your, what is it, Textilis? Textilis gracilis. Yep. Yes. What is that in? Well, how- it's very much like Alphonse Carr, except it's more upright. Oh, okay. Alphonse car tends to have a little bit of a sort of not weeping, weeping but yeah, kind of they kind of spread out a little bit more. Uh, Alphonse car is, is is a terrific one as well. I think they're both textilis. Okay. Uh, the species is is both is common to both, but they're just uh, Alphonse car is slightly more weeping. So I saw a, a run of them in a playground a while ago of Alphonse car as a, a narrow uh, pathway for kids right. to run up. Uh-huh. 
and they used Alphonse Carr, which was a really good choice because they joined together really nicely. Made a tunnel. It made a tunnel. Uh, made yeah. a tunnel. Wonderful little tunnel. and mm. uh, Well, not little. I mean, the plants are massive, but yeah. they were planted about 1,200 apart. So yeah. it was just this lovely little gravel pathway down to a, down to a little quiet spot. Yeah. So how, how do they go um, exposed to the sun and wind out there in Bulleen? Well, uh, they haven't been in very long. I went down to that marvellous nursery uh, at Rorena in yes. Lara. Oh, yeah. mm. I was, went with the volunteers from the gardens and mm. I went in and I spotted these bamboos. We, mm. we were all travelling on a bus and I came back with three bamboos mm. to put in the back of the bus. You know, yeah. you couldn't see me for the bamboos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But look, they they're doing well so far. I mean, yeah. then I have only had them in I think two months. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, but the oh, go ahead. Oh, the key is um, that first summer. That's right. Um, to to water the hell out of them. Right. Because um, they uh, they will defoliate very quickly. Okay. Uh, once you get through that first summer, they seem to be fine. Yeah, settling them in. There's nothing to worry about yeah. after that. But the first summer, you can just all of a sudden have no leaves oh, on them. Right. Happens very, very quickly. So it's probably good that I've planted them late perfect. autumn. Yeah. yeah, it's the perfect the, time perfect. to plant. The yeah. other one I was going to do along the uh, that fence is the Old Army. Uh, is it? Um, old Hammy Eye. Old Hammy Eye, thank you. Absolute ripper. Is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. huge. Huge. Yeah. If you think... Um, uh, Gracilis and Alphonse car are big, then old hammy eyes something again. So this is the one they use in New Zealand for um, windbreaks and orchards, is it? I mean, I'm not too really sure. Really big. It is really big. It's yeah. like eight meters yeah. uh, plus. Um, big canes. Yeah. So rather than the other one that gets sort of twenty centimeter canes, it gets forty uh, twenty mil. It gets forty mil, fifty mil canes, oh, and fantastic. makes fabulous TPs in schools and yes. things like that. Yes. It's just the most wonderful the plant, but it is it is a thug, you know. It is it's big and, yeah. and it needs clumper. a space. Yeah, it is a clumper, but yeah. but it it, it, it gets big quick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh, quick. Yeah, yeah, it's a big plant. Well, I've got just in the, the spot for it on mm. the northwest, which would be perfect, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. look, it's a wonderful plant. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, thank you. Great show, always. Okay. Thanks. Bye. 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 We have run out of time for yet another week. Gosh, it goes quickly. A huge thank you to both Craig and Evan. Craig, quickly tell listeners where the nursery is. And 138 Alinda Mombok Road in Alinda. Phone Close, number? Close Tuesdays, 9751-2163. Okay, fantastic. A big thank you too to Vicky and Anne who've been handling all the calls this morning. We'll, of course, be back uh, next week at 7.30. But until then, bye for now. You've just been listening to a podcast produced at 3CR Community Radio. 2016 marks 40 years that 3CR has been bringing you independent community voices and we're asking you, our listeners, to keep us going for another 40 years by donating to our Radical Radiothon this June 6th to the 19th. This year we need to make $220,000, so any amount you can afford makes a big difference. 
Call us on 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for supporting Community Radio.